Welcome to NBA Talk with Isaac Wolf. I am your host, Isaac Wolf, starting out by talking about Chris Paul. He is out six to eight weeks with an avulsion fracture in his right thumb. That is a tough blow for a Phoenix team that has had the best record in the league pretty much all season. But they, you know, the Suns have a great team. I think they'll be okay. They'll fall in the standings a bit because, you know, Chris Paul is a dark horse MVP candidate leading the league in assists per game. You can't replace what he does at the point guard spot from a leadership standpoint. But as long as he's back for the playoffs, you know, this shouldn't hurt the Suns that much. Devin Booker's probably going to start averaging 30, though. DeAndre Ayton's got to step it up. But I do like the pieces they have. You know, Macau Bridges, Cam Johnson, Cameron Payne, all those guys. I think the Suns will be okay, even though they just lost to the Pelicans. But that was because CJ McCollum and Brandon Ingram, who are both healthy now, combined for 60 points, 60 or 61 points in that in that win on the road. Goran Dragic signed with the Nets after he agreed to a buyout with the Spurs. You saw him play if you watched the Milwaukee Brooklyn game last night. Dragic played a little bit, and uh, he seems to be a good fit so far. Let's talk about the all. Let's let's talk about All Star Weekend. I know it was a it was a bit ago, but not much happened in the NBA this week. We didn't have games Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday after All Star break. So we will talk about Harden and Embiid in another episode. I mean, yes, we'll discuss Harden's debut briefly here at the end, but I want to talk about All-Star Weekend because there's a lot to say. For the Rising Stars, they had this new format. They had four teams coached by Isaiah Thomas, James Worthy, Gary Payton, and Rick Barry. In the first round, in the semifinal, whatever you want to call it, Team Thomas beat Team Worthy. This uh, beat Team Worthy. This game was very close. The Jalen's, you know, Jalen Green, Jalen Suggs showed out. Jalen Green had 20s. Jalen Suggs had 16. They had more highlight dunks in this game than the dunk contest. Suggs had a 360. Green a casual windmill, and then Suggs threw it off the backboard to Cole Anthony. Down the stretch, Team Worthy was up 49 to 48. Jalen Green tries to hit the step back on Sadiq Bay, but he blocks it. Sadiq Bay. Blocked the shot. There's a foul on the other end. And then Desmond Bain hits a free throw to end it. 50-49 to was the final score. Then Team Barry beat Team Payton. Another close competitive game. Cade Cunningham, 13 points, 5 rebounds, and 6 assists. The game tied at 48 late. Jayshon Tate wins it with a tough drive and finish at the hoop. These, these semifinal games were first to 50, of course. 50 to 48 was the final score of that game. And then in the final, Team Barry beat Team Thomas. It was first to 25. A Franz Wagner free throw ended it. I really don't like... The final score was 25 to 20. I really don't like how you can end the All-Star game and now this new Rising Stars format on a free throw. Like, that's just boring. Like, if they get fouled, you should just let them inbound the ball so we can... You know, see an actual shot or a dunk, you know, something like that to end it. But Team Barry in this championship game came back from down 18 to 12, finished the game on a 13 to 2 run. Cade Cunningham played well, five points, two rebounds, three assists. You know, him and Evan Mobley together were great in the pick and roll. Cunningham won MVP. 
you know, I wasn't necessarily a huge fan of this new format. You know, the three games, first round of 50 championship to, uh, to 25. It felt like less than a full game altogether, and I'd rather have that. Sure, it made it more competitive at the end, but I think one regular game is better because each, play, each player is on the floor more. It feels like there was less basketball with this format. In between the semifinal and the championship games, there was a new event called the Clorox Clutch Challenge. Say that 10 times fast. A pair of players from the Rising Stars rosters had to recreate and make five legendary shots for members of the NBA 75th anniversary team. All they had to do was make it from the spot. They didn't have to copy it exactly. So they had Magic's baby hook from Game 4 of the 1987 finals. Charles Barkley's top of the key jumper. Uh, from Game 6 of the 1993 Western Conference Semifinals. Ray Allen's corner three from Game 6 of the 2013 NBA Finals. Reggie Miller's fading three from the wing against the Bulls in 98, the Eastern Conference Finals. And then Dame's step back over uh, OKC in Game 5 of the 2019 first round. The pairs were Evan Mobley and Josh Giddy, Jaden Hardy and Michael Foster Jr. Those two are from the G League Ignite. Tyrese Halliburton and Desmond Bain. And then Tyrese Maxey and Scotty Barnes. Mobley and Giddy were pretty efficient. They made all the shots in a row until the Dame one, which took a bit. But they set the bar pretty high by finishing in 49.7 seconds. Jaden Hardy and Michael Foster Jr. from the G League Ignite struggled, especially on the deep shot. Failed to finish faster than Mobley and Giddy. They ran out of time. Tyrese Halliburton and Desmond Bain. Halliburton came out, you know... It, but he carried really he made basically all the shots bain struggled to hit anything but he did hit the deep one like the dame shot on his first attempt so they finished 11 and a half seconds faster thanks to that make from bain faster than mobley and giddy and then tyrese maxi and scotty barnes went last <laughs> they were the joke of the competition in a good way in like in like a funny way they went 0 for 6 on the baby hook you know floater type shot in the paint <laughs> they didn't they did not finish in time because they didn't make the short shot but it was really funny to watch you know you saw barnes missed and then maxi missed the, i think the corner three and then barnes missed again and maxi may have made the corner three but then barnes missed again and then maxi missed a couple times <laughs> but that provided some good entertainment value so yeah, uh, Tyrese, Halliburton, and Desmond Bain win the Clorox Clutch Challenge. For the Skills Challenge, another thing we are redoing, basically, because there was another different format. In the first round, it was a shooting competition. You had five spots. You had the Dame three, corner three, top of the key three, left elbow, and right wing. The Dame three was worth five points, corner three, four, top the key three three left elbow two right wing right wing one and then there were three teams we had team rooks which was Cade Cunningham Evan Mobley I think and Josh Giddy I'm pretty sure and the, no not Evan Mobley sorry it was Cade Cunningham Scotty Barnes and Josh Giddy I'd have to double check that but because the Cavs had Evan Mobley, Jared Allen, and Gar Darius Garland. That was their team. And then the Anadikumpros, uh, the Anadikumpros, Alex, Giannis, and Thanasis all played. So the Rooks got 32 in the first round. The Anadikumpros got 20. And then the Cavs cooked with 44. Garland had 24. And he, out he outscored the Anadikumpros by himself. So the Cavs got the first 100 points of the competition by winning the shooting competition. 
In the second round of this new skills challenge format, there was a passing competition. Three moving targets. One was worth two points, the other one four, and the other six. The Rooks and the Anadokounmpo's tied at 88. The Cavs got 70. But the Anadokounmpo's got the tiebreaker because they had more outlet passes, which I assume is the deeper one. I think that's the 6.1. But that's that's the rules they made up. The That's the first tiebreaker. So 100 points goes to the Anadokounmpo's. And then in the third round, this one was worth 200 points. A team relay, more like the previous skills challenge, the Rooks finished in a minute 18, and then the Anadokounmpo's failed to get it in time. The Cavs failed as well. Rooks get 200. So we have a shoot-off between Garland and Tenassis because we needed a we needed another team in the finals. The, the Rooks got in there with 200 points, but the other teams each had 100. So Garland and Tenassis literally just, like, I think shot a three from the top of the key, and Garland made it. So that broke the 100-100 tie. Rooks and the Cavs faced off in the finals, and it was a half-court shot competition. Who could hit a half-court shot the fastest? Cade hit one for the Rooks in 9.9 seconds, but Evan Mobley clutched up with one in his first attempt, 4.4 seconds. So the Cavs, the hometown Cavs team, wins... Uh, the skills challenged Evan Mobley, Jared Allen, and Darius Garland. The three-point contest was the same format, just as entertaining as it always is. Luke Kennard went off in the first round with 28. Carl Anthony Townsend, Trey Young also advanced with scores of 22. Zach Levine was the major disappointment with a score of 14. In the final round, Towns went first and set the bar with a new record. 29 points. The previous record for a final round was 28, and I think that was Devin Booker in 2018. Young and Kennard both got 26, so the big man wins. It was great to see. Arguably more entertaining than the dunk contest, or should I say the clunk contest. I mean, this was just atrocious. Just as bad, if not worse than last year. Last year we only had three guys, and the winning dunk was something literally I could have done. I couldn't have gotten as high as Simons did, but because you know he tried to kiss the rim, but he didn't kiss the rim and then just dunked with one hand off two feet. It was really lame. The judging was bad last year. Cassius Stanley deserved 50 on that first one. But this year was a national embarrassment because everyone was bad. Nobody could make a dunk. When Cole Anthony opened the contest dunking in Tim's, I knew it was going to be pathetic. Cole, you you can jump. I've seen you in high school at the McDonald's All-American Game Dunk Contest, which, by the way, I'm looking forward to that more than what I just saw. But then you jump and, like, yell midair like you broke something (laughs) like the ball doesn't move you do that two or three times before you actually get the dunk off then Juan Toscano Anderson comes out and goes windmill over Wiggins on the first try not bad but he pushed off Uh, I mean I guess everybody does that but he pushed off pretty good on his shoulder then Obi Toppin misses two times and eventually finishes probably the best dunk of the night behind the back over someone I forget who it was But that was creative because I had not seen or don't remember seeing at least someone doing that before, you know, going behind the back over someone. I I actually like that dunk. Then Jalen Green, if he could have pulled off this dunk, it would have been a 50 off the side of the backboard between the legs. But he missed so many times. Like it was like eight to ten times that he attempted this dunk. It was sad. He should have just moved on to a different dunk sooner than, you know, Eventually, he hit a windmill lob from the same spot, just not off the backboard. 
Could have gotten a higher score if he did it sooner. So then Jalen, because he got the low score in the first round, got or the first part of the first round, went first for the second dunk of the first round and missed twice before hitting a between the legs reverse 360. Not bad, but I've seen it before. Then Cole Anthony failed to make an attempt on an off the bounce 360 windmill, kind of like what Aaron Gordon did, but he took the ball from a <laughs> from from the magic mascot who was like spinning on a hoverboard or something like that. <laughs> I mean, that was that was pretty next level. But uh, Cole received the lowest possible score because you're judged on a scale from 6 to 10. He got a 36. Then Juan Toscano Anderson failed the Vince Carter 360 windmill for uh, the first time before getting it, which no one should ever try to recreate that dunk again. You just you just it doesn't have the same effect. You're never going to get the same crowd, even if you pull out his jersey. Like when Donovan Mitchell did it, I was like, okay, you did pretty good, but you're not Vince Carter. So no one ever needs to do that in a dunk contest again. So then uh, Toscano Anderson went to try a different dunk and tried to put his elbow... Uh, put his elbow in the... Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. He tried to put his elbow in the rim, tried to do a little honey dip like Vince Carter as well. But he couldn't do it. And it just turned out to be a regular windmill, and it was really boring. Obi followed that up with basically a layup. (laughs) Uh, Off the backboard, between the legs, reverse. It wasn't a bad dunk. It just wasn't a dunk. Because, you know, his hands barely scraped the rim, and the ball just kind of like trickled through the net (laughs) it was not forceful at all that would have been a good dunk if it was like an actual you know dunk tug the rim type thing but to start off the finals it was between Juan Toscano Anderson and Obi Toppin the two guys I thought were not going to be in the finals but um I think Anthony and Green just tried too hard to do something that they couldn't physically do so anyway to start off the finals Obi went for a between the legs touch the backboard slam which was new I give credit to Obi Toppin because he did stuff I had not seen before, okay? But he missed twice, uh, and then he went to his safety dunk, a traditional off the backboard between the legs. That was nice. If he did that first, he probably would have gotten a 50, but he didn't. Uh, anyway, Toscano Anderson failed miserably. Oh, my gosh. This was, um, this was like, this was embarrassing. This was actually embarrassing. He miserably failed trying to recreate Jason Richardson's between the legs reverse. He put on Richardson's jersey, and... It looked like it that it looked like that dunk wasn't even physically possible for him. Like he was never even close to getting it. Like it was just an embarrassment. It, it really was. Finally, Obi wins with the dunk he tried earlier, where he goes uh, between his legs and then taps the backboard with the ball and dunks it. That's something new. Is it crazy impressive? Not really like for NBA athleticism standards, but it was something new. So I was kind of okay with it. Actually, it is worth noting that there were a total of zero 50 point dunks. That's how bad this dunk contest was. The judges, you know, could have put on a better show. In my opinion, Dr. J, Dominique, Clyde Drexler, David Robinson, probably not Isaiah Thomas, but still, I mean, I'm sure they could at least make their dunks on the first try. It was pathetic. All the guys everyone wanted weren't in it. Zach Levine, Zion, Ja, Anthony Edwards, Miles Bridges, Aaron Gordon. I don't know. 
I don't know what else to say. We need to fix the dunk contest somehow or just get better, smarter dunkers in the competition because it's embarrassing at this point. I had more fun watching the skills challenge this year than the dunk contest. I'm not kidding. And the three-point contest for that matter. I mean, the dunk contest, it was it was just bad and I don't know how to improve it other than get guys who can actually dunk. As for the All-Star game itself on Sunday, Team LeBron came out and won the first quarter, 47-45, which gave $250,000 to the Kent State I Promise Scholars Program. John Morant had a couple of alley-oops that got the crowd going early, which were better than any of the dunk contest dunks. Team Durant won the second quarter, 49-46, $250,000 for the Greater Cleveland Food Bank as a result of that quarter win. So, Team Durant led by 194-93 at halftime. The teams tied 45-45 to in the third quarter, which gave $300,000 to both the I Promise Scholars Program and the, uh, and the Food Bank. Team Durant had 139 points after the third quarter, which set the target score at 163, because, of course, you had 24 points on to the leading team score for Kobe Bryant. Team LeBron was only one point behind, which set up a competitive fourth quarter. And then LeBron won it with a one-legged fadeaway jumper from the wing. Final score, 163 to 160. Steph Curry, 50 points, 16 threes. That's not a joke. He actually made 16 threes in this game. He was crazy. Won the Kobe Bryant All-Star Game MVP award, of course, because he basically had to. 48 of his 50 points were on threes. And then the other two were like a a really whack floater from the baseline that, you know, only Steph Curry can make. Some other notable performances for Team LeBron. Giannis had 30, 12, and 6. LeBron himself had 24, 6, and 8. How about that? 24 points and 8 assists for Kobe Bryant. Uh, Team Team Durant was led by Joel Embiid with 36 and 10. He would have won MVP had Team Durant won, but... Their starters didn't do a lot of damage. Uh, It mostly came off the bench from Devin Booker, who had 20. DeJounte Murray, who did really well, 17. I think he had an off-the-backward alley-oop to himself in the the, the game. And then LaMelo Ball had 18. Overall, a good weekend. And the celebration of the NBA 75 team, uh, you know, the 75th anniversary team was special. Seeing so many legends in the same place at the same time. I won't read all their names off to you because that would take too long. But it was really cool to see... So, uh, you know, so much greatness in, in one spot. To wrap up today, this day in NBA history in 1996, guess who we're talking about? The Chicago Bulls. Jordan's Bulls defeated Minnesota 120 to 99 at the United Center and improved to 50 and 6. 50 and 6. Reaching 50 wins with the fewest losses in a season of any major professional sports team in that century. That's NBA, NHL, NFL, or the MLB. That Bulls charge, of course, led by NBA 75th anniversary team member Michael Jordan. Happy birthday to another 75th anniversary team member, James Worthy. And we will be back soon with another podcast talking about the fit of Harden and Embiid and initial thoughts of the duo's start. Harden had 27, 8, and 12 in his debut with Philly against Minnesota. Joel Embiid, I believe, added 31 I believe he added 31 or 34 or something. He had he had at least 30 points. And they are currently playing the Knicks right now on ABC. This duo this duo is scary and we are going to talk about it very very soon.